0: Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. Mark Weinstein joined Hilton to help the iconic hotel chain merge loyalty programs for 19 distinct brands across the globe into one. Fast forward 12 years, and he's now the Chief Marketing Officer overseeing all of Hilton's brands, the Hilton Honors Loyalty Program, and its ecosystem of agencies, as well as an in-house team. After making its biggest marketing push in six years post-pandemic, Hilton is back in the market, adapting to the future of travel. The hotel brand has leaned into wellness trends by partnering with Peloton to put a bike in every room, and new digital and touchless experiences for consumers, such as remote check ins and checkouts, have freed up staff to create the best possible stay for their guests. In this episode, Weinstein chats about Hilton's evolution and its plans for the future. He also dishes on the brand's relationship with Paris Hilton, the OG influencer, and what he has learned from her as a marketer. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hi, Mark. How are you? Thank you so much for being here today.
1: I'm doing well. Happy New Year. And thanks for having me on, Allison. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about Hilton, one of the most iconic hotel brands out there. But first, I'd love to talk about your career there. You've been there 12 years or so, which is which is a long time to be at one company these days, I think, for some people. So talk about how you got there and how you worked your way up to being the CMO.
1: Yeah, great question. I I got this interesting phone call. The company had been taken private uh, and gone through the private equity transition. And the team said, look, we have this hypothesis. We have 10 hotel brands. And we believe that while every brand needs to win in the marketplace, actually, many of our customers are staying at all of our brands. They're transversing the brands for travel budgets, needs, and occasions. And so they're staying at a Waldorf Astoria for their wedding and going to a Hilton for a business meeting, but going to a Hampton Inn for their kid's soccer game. And so we want to take the marketing, we want to take the loyalty program, which is distributed across all the brands and put it in one team. And we're looking for some project management and strategy support to help us do that. Would you, would you come here for a year or two? <laughs> and so I, I said, sure, that's, that's interesting. I was a frequent business traveler, a consultant, and I thought, well, this will be fun for you know, again, a year or two. And I fell in love with the culture. I fell in love with our purpose. Uh, you come in and very quickly you hear our founder say, you know, a hundred years ago, he wants to fill the earth with the light, warmth, the hospitality. We had a great CEO and a very supportive, you know, board uh, and Chris, our CEO and the board and our sponsors in Blackstone and went through this journey. And one thing led to another. And about a year in, uh, our head of honors had, had sort of left the company and they said, do you want to run loyalty? And I went, well, I'm not sure I can run loyalty. And they said, well, just have a go at it. And so I thought, well, I, I traveled enough as a business traveler. How hard can this be? Uh, And had a chance to really learn the business from the inside out and spent the better part of a decade taking Hilton honors from the time 25 million customers and members to now about 146 and change million members that make up over 60% of our occupancy, took on responsibility for our co-branded credit cards, our strategic partnerships, our CRM and our email marketing. And then ultimately coming out of the pandemic was asked, you know, why don't we put it all together and would you lead our marketing team?
0: Yeah, I find it super interesting that you came up to the CMO role through a loyalty background. Talk about that, because I feel like usually a lot of the times CMOs come from, you know, brand creative or they come from more of maybe like the straight marketing or media side of things. How did why was loyalty so important at Hilton?
1: Yeah, well, admittedly, you know, at the end of the day, it was an artificial divide probably to have marketing, traditional marketing separate from loyalty. But I think what it reflects in our business is that so much of our business comes from the same customers, that at the end of the day, it really is about taking these incredible brands that each win their category. And and we have a lot of folks focused on making sure a Hampton is a Hampton and a a true is a true and a Waldorf is a Waldorf and a Hilton is a Hilton, but ultimately making sure customers have a reason to connect the dots and put all the brands together and have reasons to believe that when it's by Hilton, that just means something different than if these brands were separate in the marketplace. What I think it reflects, though, is and and maybe not a traditional route to your to your point. I think the best marketing starts and ends with the customer. You know, at the end of the day, if you understand your customers who you're currently serving and this is an obvious statement, but but one that I think we gloss over sometimes who you're currently serving, who you might want to serve in the future. Ultimately, all decisions, you know, sort of resonate from that. And if you think about who's who's there and what we're trying to accomplish, then telling that story powerfully through social and content becomes an out, you know, outgrowth of, of knowing your customer. Finding a way to stand in the marketplace through your TV commercials or your audio strategy or your branding efforts or your you know, paid media in the lower funnel all comes from knowing your customers. And so I, I, in some ways, I think it is the definition of modern marketing is really coming together from that place. But I think it also um, really flags what I think is an artificial divide when some companies have brands separate from performance marketing, when really it, it's, it's all the above. It's you know, a deep quantitative analysis and understanding of your customers and where the business comes from and ultimately then how to tell that story in the most creative effective way and i often say when you know, i talk to students on campuses and stuff you know at some level you become an executive of the company who happens to run marketing versus just a marketer right at the end of the day if you, you have to know how your company makes money what moves the needle and so for me understanding our customers deeply their behaviors their patterns their trends that's become the core of our strategy to be even more customer centric. And what's been fun is finding great partners and bringing along great agencies and, and building out my team to have great creatives and great content builders and influencers and um, you know all the different parts of the creative side of the business, which I've always been adjacent to and a part of. But my sort of thought process always starts with, well, what's in it for the customer? What are we trying to accomplish? Not what are we trying to accomplish, but why would the customer find that brand interesting? Why would the customer find that, that offer interesting? Why would the customer differentiate our marketing in the sea of sameness? And again, my tool chest had mostly been Hilton Honors uh, and our partnership teams, and now includes the full arsenal of marketing, which I think, and I'm obviously biased, but I think that makes for a better go-to-market strategy starting with the customer.
0: So talk about how you did that. You had all these siloed loyalty programs and teams and data sets. What was the process you undertook to bring that all together?
1: Well, I think the first step was, you know, going way back, you know, 12 plus years ago, 12 and a half years ago is is really understanding people's travel motivations and and understand there's travel use occasions and that each trip often dictates, you know, ideally you have preference for Hilton and you understand that when we put our name on a brand or create a brand from Hilton, that that means something special. That means something different that one of our competitors could know the brand and feel the same. It actually is different because it's us. And so you have to get to the core of what is it that makes each brand unique? What is it makes our offering unique? What is it the hub of that along the way? And so a lot of the time was spent on that, really understanding what is the trip occasion? What is the customer segment that best aligns with each of our brands? And let's get the right customer to the right brand. And I think there's a short-term temptation sometimes to fill the hotels or brands that need the business at that moment. And we, we do some of that, But if you put the wrong customer in the wrong brand, you actually are not building a customer for life. You're building a transaction that will ultimately ricochet. And so a lot of the time was spent of really understanding that along the way. As we then sort of brought the teams officially together, you know, we had one of the most um, impactful, traumatic, you know, pick your words you want to want to describe the the pandemic when literally our business, for no reason of our own, you know, went from what it was and thriving in the golden age of travel to. Overnight, effectively down to 10% of our business as government shut down, you know, travel across the globe and for good reason to a business that's now back again to even higher levels than 2019, which is incredible in such a short amount of time. But as as we went through that, we said, look, there's going to have to be some focus on a couple of areas to drive us forward and not just survive, but truly thrive on the other end. First, we want to have relationships with more of our travelers. That we want to continue to grow hilton honors in meaningful ways that connects with even more of the world's travelers even if they're staying with us less frequently so how do you offer value for a more immediate travel value for one stay or make it compelling to give us 60 or 70 stays if that's what you have per year but also how do you have crm and personalization for all of our customers whether they choose to join hilton honors or not so that was one area of focus the second was while we are a brand-led company, at the end of the day, our greatest IP is creating brands that define categories and serve customer needs, but we need to go to market in a more customer-centric way. That means a lot more content. That means a lot more content where customers are, I should say. That means a lot more trusting creators to create content for us. You know, As a marketer, you can tell your story and you can tell it brilliantly. And I think, obviously, I'm biased. Again, I think we do. But it's even more compelling when somebody else genuinely believes it and tells their authentic version of engaging with you as a brand. So that was another major focus was standing up a proper content team and bringing in the credibility that we need to be telling the stories on platforms like TikTok and YouTube and other places where customers are. And candidly, we weren't you know, at the level that we need to be in those, in those spaces. Third, there is an investment in MarTech. You know, at the end of the day, uh, this can't happen by just willing it into existence. There are things we need to be able to do. So if you want to create hyper-personalization, for example, that means taking an asset, versioning it a, literally 100,000 times, putting it in different languages, changing the image, putting different terms and conditions on, changing the offer, promulgating it across our own channels and third-party channels, you have to invest in MarTech uh, capabilities that just weren't candidly there. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth, and the one that's been a lot of fun over the last year, is being finding our distinct voice in the marketplace. What is our distinctly Hilton way of showing up? Uh, and we've had campaigns that have come and gone, but we needed our version of what, we would stand the te- what would stand the test of time. And that's where we landed on Hilton for the stay and this idea that at the heart of everything we do is a stay. And I think that's been a lot of fun uh, for the team to really unpack. And what it's done is created such career opportunities uh, across all parts of the marketing spectrum to bring that team together.
0: Yeah. So a lot of change in the past few years, obviously, with the pandemic and sort of reprioritizing. You mentioned like different partners that you work with along the way. Like, where do you lean on agencies for external support? How are you um, cultivating these influencer-creator relationships? Talk about how all these all these shifts have kind of uh, changed your partner ecosystem.
1: Sure. Well, I, I think the first thing is, you know, back to the, the root of your question, I think experiences are more important than ever. If you look at what's happening, we're seeing record levels of travel. You know, we're seeing it in our hotels more full and, and busier than ever before. More hotels than we've ever had before. The the TSAs in the U.S. saying that they're taking more passengers in, you know, each day than 2019. So I, I do think we've reprioritized. Uh, you know, during the pandemic it was about kind of stuff and buying more stuff for the house and cars and houses and that kind of stuff. But now it's about experiences. So I think we're back to that place. In terms of our go-to-market strategy, this is where I think extremes are just going to always get you in trouble. We have a great partnership with our agency and TBWA. They're the ones that helped us. Look at the sea of sameness and find our disruption to make sure we uniquely stood out in the marketplace and happy to sort of unpack that and have conversations there. We've got media buying agencies and, and partners like Dentsu that can really help us think about strategically how to go to market. At the same time, there is a need for some core competency in-house. And I think we've, we've been able to really attract some of the best talent who gets to know our brands, know who we are. Candidly, we can turn things quicker sometimes with our in-house resources for the more routine stuff. And also big ideation. So we've created a hub in our creative studio, which has been another sort of component to the strategy. And then tapping into a really large market for freelancers, that there's just a bunch of people who kind of float between the two that are great for certain projects that want to come in and do great work. And maybe that great work lasts multiple years, or maybe it lasts a week or two, who don't quite want to be in an agency and don't quite want to be in-house all the time. I have found when you put that all together, as long as it's guided by the same strategy, and working what we call our integrated agency team model, where we brief together, we start the work together, and then people can go off and do what needs to be done. Um, that allows us to go everything from highly strategic, highly creative outside thinking to produce TV commercials with world-class directors and to do social with our, with our big agencies and smaller agencies that can help you know turn things around in, the, in, in sort of a day using an iPhone all the way to Having our own team create TikToks, you know, in, in, in sort of their own little creative world with tools that didn't exist candidly several years ago. And when you put it all together, you know, for us, it, I think for any company, but certainly for us, that's the right mix of, of marketeers to to do the work at hand.
0: Yeah, I've definitely seen um, over the years a shift towards more like data in-house, more strategy in-house, even more like, you know, quick turn creative in-house for brands. What, how does, you mentioned, um, you know, TBWA as your, your creative agency. Like, how does that change the value that, that the creative lead creative agency provides? Because I think in the past they had sort of been that tip of the spear, like big, big brand idea. Right. So how does that sort of change?
1: Well, I I think first and foremost, almost definitionally, they create purposeful tension, right? I mean, you need somebody to keep you honest. Uh, and they will tell me when we're not thinking big enough. They will tell me when we're sort of falling into our own tropes and sea of sameness. They'll tell me when we're playing it safe, when we're taking three brilliant ideas and combi- you know combining them and bastardizing them into one mediocre idea. And so I do think there's some amount of tension you want from just in a neutral person uh, you know, Nancy Reyes, who's the CEO of the New York office, is just a thought partner with me that just says you're calling BS on me periodically, which I think is really important to have that kind of objective partner who has, you know, skin in the game in terms of your your ultimate relationship, but no skin in the game of any one idea, um, which I think can be a little insular sometimes. So I, I do think there's a need for mm. somebody kind of watching the marketplace, somebody Objectively looking at yourself, saying, you, you can't credibly say that about yourself. You're not, you're not credible there, or you're selling yourself short. You actually are more credible. Let me tell you, you know, five other clients couldn't say that you you actually could. Mm-hmm. That's really important to us. And I think getting to a place where everybody knows there's enough to go around, right? That it's not about needing to be, you know, the only exclusive agency or the only exclusive partner at the table, but Confident enough in this role of saying I'm your strategist and I'm gonna help you and even if you don't pick me to do the execution I'm gonna be with you on the journey. I think that's the way the best relationships come and ultimately I would say probably we end up giving them more work because of it, right? Because it starts with the strategy We know the creative team they provide continuity Oftentimes they provide linkage points to parts of our business, right? They help us connect across the globe in ways that maybe we haven't connected all the dots necessarily. So Again, I, I don't think the extremes are 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 right. I think the headlines of not being an AOR who does your strategy is over over exaggerated. I think the the headline of you can bring it all in house and, and do it all with your in-house studio is over exaggerated. I, I think all that together creates the mix that we need at any given time. And you know, if it's a pie chart, sometimes one part of the pie is lighting up with more, you know, brighter and, and bigger pieces of the pie than others on a given project, but ultimately that true partnership, that true sense that we're in it together, and that we have our same business interests in mind, um, I think is what makes a really successful in-house team combined with a with a with a strategic partner.
0: Right, like everything else, it's a balance. So I think it's really interesting that you bring up influencer and creator because Hilton is notoriously related to Paris Hilton, which, who is the OG influencer, right? She kind of started (laughs) influencer marketing as we know it. Talk about how you're kind of leveraging that in your marketing. I know in over the summer, you pushed out your biggest marketing campaign in six years with Paris sort of at the, as the face of it. So talk about your relationship with her and how that kind of informs your, your marketing and your influencer strategy more specifically.
1: Sure. Great question. Maybe let's go even go back, you know, further. So when we are founded a hundred years ago and we set out to fill the earth with the light warmth, the hospitality, uh, you know, one of the things our founder also believed is you could achieve world peace through travel, that that great things happen when you go somewhere and do something. And so what TBWA and and the team really went on this journey is we said, you know, somehow in marketing, Hilton and our competitors and the industry in general sort of lost their place in the story that we glorify the transformative power of travel. But we weren't talking about the core thing, which is what you come to us for, which is a stay. And what we realize, and again, it's it's sort of obvious in hindsight, is you know at the heart of every great trip is a great stay. And we believe that stay is just different when it's at Hilton. And so over the years, that story has gotten more pure in so many ways. The world needs travel more than ever, but also more complicated. We have 19 brands, you know, 7,000 plus hotels, 122 countries and territories across the world. Now, 146 million Hilton Honors members. And, and when you go back and think about what we've done, we've also been at culture's biggest moments. So we've been at, you know, the first Grammys was held at the Beverly Hilton. John Lennon writes Imagine on a piece of New York Hilton stationery, which is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have the bed in for peace, John and Yoko in, in the Hilton Amsterdam, Elvis' first residency in Las Vegas at the Hilton, on and on and on. So you, you find this moment where you want to talk about the power of a great stay, You want to show up in culture. And so the first step was working with over 100 influencers that have niche audiences that can tell stories to book talk or can can tell stories about foodies or whatever it may be in in that ecosystem. But then you have this unique part of our story, a unique part of our heritage where Paris doesn't just happen to have the last name as Hilton. It is her great grandfather who founded the company. It's her grandfather, Baron, who she grew up, who was the CEO of the company, who she grew up and mentored her to become her business uh, you know, one of her business mentors and her current endeavors, and so you've got this brand in Paris Hilton who is bigger than life that attracts more eyeballs and more attention than probably any other, you know, influencer on the planet. Whether that was on doing reality TV when that wasn't a thing and, and starting the genre, or starting you know selfies and, and and sort of becoming a social media influencer, but also in her core, genuinely has lived the Hilton story. It is her story, and so for you know her entire life. She's lived in the water for in New York city. She's traveled to hotels across the world. When she comes back from Grand Walea, you know, in, in, in um, Hawaii, she comes back and tells me so, and so still works at the pool. You know, she remembers him 30 years ago by name and remembers the story of her and Nikki, you know, filling the pool with uh with uh, soap suds on the, on the slide, right? That that's her world. And so who more credible than Paris to tell the story. And so we had a lot of fun, you know, partnering with her to create commercials that represented her Hilton story uh, and also having her spend more time in our hotels. I mean, she really does stay with us. She never has not stayed with us, but we weren't telling that story. And to show back in cult, up in culture, why not engage Paris to help amplify and elevate that story along the way?
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 an obvious win, right? And I think um, what's interesting is just like the the longevity of Paris, right? Like she's the original influencer, but people still like follow her and look to her as a modern influencer and she's kind of shaped and adapted the space like what have you learned from her uh as a as a marketer and for the Hilton brand
1: Yeah it's, it's a great question and, and I will tell you you know part of me says they will look back at my career and go oh you're the genius that Hilton that decided to put Hilton back in in marketing and it was not going to be the most groundbreaking <laughs> decision that marketers ever made it, it's kind of staring in the face yet yeah, wasn't wasn't done You know, and I have really gotten to enjoy knowing Paris, Um, you know, first of all, just on a personal front, when she comes back from her travel, it really is about the team members and the people. I mean, she'll describe the beautiful buildings, but she will really describe how our hotel and our people allowed her to have the stay she needed to go DJ at Tomorrowland or to go, you know, launch her book, which is coming up soon or whatever it may be. You know, it is about the people, which I I really appreciate her authentic self in this rock star personality at the hub of culture. She's, you know, this really human Genuinely caring kind person who will stop for a selfie or a picture or an autograph with anybody at all T- to your question though I-, I think Paris has proven what has always been my thesis in marketing, but she's really embodied it which is if you're authentic and genuine Over the course of many 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 years the what will change the modality will change, right? so the way Paris is showing up in culture is certainly changing and the channel she's in have changed from you know, basic television, you know, uh, when we had four or five channels that people were watching to now, um, you know, niche streaming services and the metaverse and all the things she's now in. But what hasn't changed is her authentic, vulnerable connection with her community. At the end of the day, we as humans are pack animals, right? We're, We're looking for our tribe, for our people. And what Paris has reminded us is that if you create that following, that community, and you're authentic with the community, and you're vulnerable with your community, and you let them in at every step of the way, when you're at your high of highs and low of lows and everything in between and are genuine and authentic, that's how great brands, whether it's a person or whether it's a company, connect with people uh, and allow them to co-create with you and co-tell your story along the way. And so I really enjoyed watching her take channels that are nascent or not yet there and do what she does best, which was connect with her community. I think that's a, a major lesson for us as marketers. The form factor may change 10 times over, a great storytelling and authenticity and being vulnerable and transparent. Boy, that that's a success as a human, uh, but also as a brand.
0: Yeah. So, I want to talk about the pandemic a little bit. Um Hilton is it's for the stay, right? Obviously, the yep. way we travel, the way we think about travel, the way we want to experience hotels and and amenities and different things has changed since the pandemic. So, how has Hilton evolved the actual Stay the actual hotel experience since COVID and uh, and the reopenings.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, there's probably never been a more transformative moment in our lives than that pandemic. And I think, you know, during the pandemic, for us, it was about showing our Hilton Honors members we cared about them, we had their back. It was about showing our community we cared about them. We, We, with American Express, gave away a million rooms to first, you know, first responders, frontline medical responders. So during those moments, we really made sure our, our members and our community and our customers knew we cared about them and we were going to be there. Coming out of it, it then required us to think and evolve as trends emerged and we learned more. So you know, we partnered with Lysol at one point uh, to do a clean stay program, which was really about literally sealing the doors and making sure you knew your room was clean and prepared just for you and all the things you'd expect with HEPA filters and all the things one needs to do to prepare you know, a safe environment. We really doubled down on in innovations we had made prior to the pandemic. So our digital key allows you to check in, choose your room, be upgraded as a Hilton Honors member, and go straight to your room. So if you didn't want to be in the lobby, for whatever reason, didn't want to be congregating, you could literally come in. In a lot of our you know, Hampton and other hotels, there's often multiple doors where you could you know securely use your key to open the outside door and go right to your room and, and sort of allow yourself to be cocooned. We saw a lot of growth. In our extended, what we call our extended stay brands. So our all suite products like Homewood and Home 2, where people really like the idea of having their family in a space that was bigger. So, you know, had multiple rooms to it or multiple spaces to it with couches and multiple TVs and also a kitchenette and a refrigerator. So you weren't so dependent upon going to crowded restaurants and and eating. I think that's become, you know, a permanent change wellness is certainly embedded in all we're doing now, right? If you think about this need to balance your work life, your personal life and maintain your healthful habits, I think if you go back pre-pandemic, a lot of people looked at travel as indulgent. You might put aside your healthy habits. And now a lot of us are traveling longer for staying, you know, for longer for different occasions and wanting to maintain that. So we just partnered with Peloton to put a bike in every single US hotel, including many in guest rooms, so people could have that routine you know, carried out as they went back home, more grab and go solutions. So you can take food from the lobby and go back to a place where you want to maybe eat separately. And then I think this blending of work and pleasure, uh, has really changed. So people are willing to now go on a more flexible schedule. They go, I'm going to go to such and such place because work sends me there. And while I'm there, I'll tack on some personal time. I'll, I'll tack on a longer stay or the opposite, right? people are now saying i'm going to go on vacation because that's where i want to go and that's when i want to go and who cares about the kids school schedule or my work schedule when i go there i can dial back in i can plug back in so i'm going to have this ability to take some time where i'm working remotely i'm going to have some time where i disconnect completely i'm going to merge it together and have a longer stay and so you're seeing us really embrace all those trends and then finally you know we just launched a new brand which had been sort of in the works for a while sparked by hilton and we want to serve the premium economy space um, it had been on our mind pre-pandemic, but certainly during the pandemic, it became clear that more people in the world are going to want to travel. At the end of the day, travel is getting even more democratized. It's, it's the new golden age of travel and, and people want to be out there. So how do we have brands that can serve every travel budget need and occasion, which required us to broaden our base of, of offerings and continues to evolve and grow? So, you know, some stuff was very cute. Some stuff was emergency response during the crisis itself. Some stuff was lessons learned that we were evolving and growing around safety and security and protecting our guests. And some things really did change the psyche of travel forever and we're really embracing and leaning into.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about what you're seeing now with travel. Obviously, this was like the summer and year of revenge travel, right? Everyone tried to like fit in all the trips they missed in 2020 and 2021. But um, you also saw a lot of people really lean into like extended stays at Airbnbs, right? For like the month During this time where you can work more flexibly and maybe take your laptop and, you know, look at a mountain landscape instead of your your desk. Um, So talk about like how you're adapting, maybe even in the loyalty program, like what new perks are you adding in? What new sort of like more flexible stays are you embracing to keep up with this new more like long term hybrid work travel trend?
1: Yeah. Again, I, I think that is a trend that is, you know, certainly here to stay, and that we're learning new ways to travel and experience things, which is, you know, been really fantastic for the business, and and but most importantly, really fantastic for our customers. Um, you know, if you think about the the journey, I mean, it's about having great connectivity in the hotels, so really making sure we've got, you know, great Wi-Fi and great places to congregate. Uh, you need places that are a little more. Maybe not exactly in the core of your question, but we're finding a lot of companies have closed a regional headquarters building. So a manager needs a space for five or six people to grab coffee for a little huddle meeting that used to be a big, you know, would have been a meeting in the office or a big once a year conference is now quarterly trying to bring people together. You're seeing, you know, associations and groups come back and bring back their conferences that haven't happened in, you know, several years. But I think we all learned that while virtual can do certain things, it doesn't replace. The the, the sense of being together and and communicating, you know, in person and congregating in person to win that sales pitch, to win that latest client thing. In terms of longer stays, you're seeing us find ways to um, enable customers to do the things they want to do when they're staying there. So, for example, we have a partnership with Ticketmaster, so you can use your honors points on Ticketmaster by concert tickets. One of the number one reasons people are traveling is to go experience something. We've got local partnerships with theme parks that allow customers to experience things when they're there. You've got, again, new room configurations. So we're working on new prototypes and new products that allow for, again, the all suite and extended stay space. These, these sort of you know micro apartment kind of unit mentalities allow you to do a little bit more self-service. Because I think realistically, what you're seeing from customers is they may not eat out every single night if they're going to be somewhere for a month. And so the ability to have a kitchenette and have more space. We launched confirm Connecting Rooms. So when you have kids traveling with you or, or other family members, for 100 plus years, you had to put a request in and see if the hotel could maybe accommodate it when you got there. And what we're able to do now is assure you at time of booking that you've got the room next to you. So you can have, if you're going to be somewhere for a month, you can have your kids in the room next to you and, and allow yourself to have that more space you need. And then we've had a little fun, honestly, reminding people that it matters where you stay, uh, as our campaign likes to say. And that some of those home sharing experiences maybe haven't been exactly as advertised that maybe the discrete space you thought you had, it comes with an unwanted, you know, maybe host that's living in part of the unit with you, or maybe the list of chores is outnumbering the chores you have at home, or maybe the the hidden fees are are kind of catching you off guard. And so reminding people that, you know, hotels are often well suited, particularly Hilton hotels uh, across our 19 brands are well suited for extended stays for longer stays where you can combine, you know, work and pleasure and hopefully continue your wellness routine.
0: Mm. So talk about, um, you know, travel is back in full force. I guess I'm curious, like there's been there's been a huge meltdown recently with the airlines. Right. And and airline travel and hotels kind of go hand in hand. Is there and what I'm referring to is, you know, obviously what happened with Southwest last week when they had to cancel all of their flights and and a few other issues. Is there an opportunity? Opportunity is that damage the hotel brand at all, or does that like an opportunity for to to offer an amazing stay for guests once they're all grumpy when they come off their flight? Like, how do you react to these sort of issues in in the airline industry, or does it just not really matter?
1: Yeah, you know, I love the question, Allison. You know, I I think what you're seeing, especially in the recent weeks, is how powerful travel is. Even with all that news, right? Even with all the the reasons why it may not make sense to get out of your house, record levels of people wanted to go see loved ones and create new memories and experiences. So I think, first of all, it was really heartening in the travel industry to see what demand there was when it was clearly easier just to stay home as the weather and other things impacted and made it harder to travel than maybe you would otherwise like. So I think we should take a lot of heart, and we did take a lot of heart in the fact that people were that committed to going somewhere, to doing something, because that's the experience they wanted over the holiday. But I, I think the heart of your question is exactly what I what gets me out of bed every day in the morning and and 400,000 of our team members across the world, which is no matter how you get to us, no matter what condition you come into us and how we inherit you, when you cross that transom, when you come into our hotel and we greet you, the stay begins, whether it's a double tree with the warm chocolate chip cookie, or whether it's somebody finally looking in the eyes and saying, welcome, it's so good to have you here and allowing you to unpack that suitcase and have that moment. And have a great, you know, cocktail or coffee or cookie or, you know, hot cooked order breakfast the next morning. I love the challenge and the opportunity that comes with the fact that no matter how you get to us, as we've been doing for over a hundred years, we're going to welcome you in and deliver a great Hilton stay. And so I'm, again, really encouraged by the fact people want to travel and the levels they want to travel and the demand that's out there for both leisure and now even some business travel at, at levels sort of similar to pre-pandemic. And the fact that people know that when you get to us the hilton stay starts and that just means something different that that's what i take a lot of comfort in and really excited to deliver on behalf of our guests in our hotels
0: mhm you just might have to do a little extra cheering up <laughs> some really grumpy
1: travelers that's where you're for you know uh, and I, I think that you know e- embedded in that too is some of the investments we're making to make the more routine stuff go away so for our hilton honors members We've automated the upgrades, so by the time you get to the hotel, it's already you know three days out, cleared in the app, so you know that that's taken care of, and you can choose the room you want to the exact room number and go straight to your room. We've enabled you know our our um, team members at the front desk to message our guests use the app and, our, and vice versa, so people can SMS us or they can you know chat through the app. The more we can take the routine stuff and make that routine and make that kind of go away in the background, if you will, it, it allows for sort of two things to happen. One is if you really just want. A self-service stay and you want to sort of be devoid of any more sort of lines and interactions or whatever else, you can avoid the whole thing if you want, right? You can literally go up to your room or to your Grubhub, you know, have it all taken care of. So there's that approach. But the other way is if we can make the more transactional stuff routine, processing the credit card, taking payment, picking your room, getting your key, now our hotel team members are freed up to have authentic interactions. They they can you know, pick you up from the airport in the shuttle and have a conversation with you. They can greet you at the front door and help you with your bags. They can give you a recommendation of where the locals really go to eat, you know, in town. They can give you the hours of the pool and where breakfast is tomorrow in the hotel. And so the more we can automate the more routine stuff, the more we can put the humanity back in travel, the more we can actually unlock what it is to have a Hilton stay at any of our 19 brands. Mm,
0: For sure. So is there anything um, coming up for Hilton that you're excited about from a marketing perspective, anything we should keep our eyes peeled for?
1: I I think watching us continue to tell our story. You know, I'm really excited when you sort of go fast forward, the, the market is clearly moving towards more, what I would call assisted experiences for customers, right? More AI, more voice interaction, more wearables. And what I love about that as a marketer is, you know, While it's AI, and the the I is obviously intelligence, at the end of the day, it's not intelligence. It's just finding patterns, and it's finding past behaviors, and it's finding what things seem to go together, which means as marketers, the next several years will be critical (laughs) in how we establish the fact base of the most preferred brands, the most beloved things, the most logical ways to explore our brands. And so for us, we're going to have some incredible tools at our hands to do really powerful stuff in performance marketing at the end of the day. You know, We can drive with greatest efficiency we've had in the last you know, several decades. But you couple that with the ability to tell great stories, which not only drives the performance you know, now and the relationship with the brand now and builds that narrative, but that's what's going to power the recommendation engines of the future. That's what's going to power your sound device that gives you one or two hotel recommendations. It's going to find the ones that are most relevant it's going to be the one that tells you that Hilton's been the longest partner of the Grammys, you know, and since the first Grammys to now, you know, 65 years later, still being a partner of theirs or with our McLaren partnership, where people go for F1 racing or the little moments that, that matter for business or the big moments in your life, like your wedding or your, your trip to an all-inclusive to experience, you know, uh, the family after being apart for so long. That's all going to be informed by the work and the stories we tell. And so the power to put creators at the helm, to give people tools to allow the MarTech platforms to come up with it in such a way that we can establish ourselves back in culture and tell our story, you know, that that to me is, is going to be what's an incredible ride for the next, certainly the foreseeable future of my career.
0: Yeah, I'd love to talk more about how you're, how your I mean, data and AI is such a huge topic right now. Um, would be really interesting to hear more about how your. are um, using it from a creative and a performance marketing standpoint. But unfortunately we are out of time. So thank you so much, Mark, for joining me. This was super interesting and i um, looking forward to seeing more from, from Hilton this year.
1: Hey, thanks, Allison. Really appreciate it. Happy to come back and continue the conversation. I really do hope we can also welcome you into our hotels all across the world. Good seeing you.
0: Oh, I would love
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you let me know.
0: That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.